Let's try that again now that I'm on. Good morning. Not bad. I think Jonah's was a little bit louder last week. Let's try it one more time. I think we should be a little bit louder for me. Good morning. I like that. All right. Are you guys ready for a little laugh? Laughter is good for the soul, right? I'm glad to see Brian here this morning because Brian and I, we share the same birthday on the same day and he's three hours older than me. And um, I want you to know, how do you know when you're getting older? You ready for this? Everything hurts and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. You sit in a rocking chair and can't get it going. <clears throat> now this one is for all my golfers and this one would be me. You're 17 around the neck, 42 around the waist, and 103 around the golf course. That would be me. You sink your teeth into a stake and they stay there. Does that sound like some of us that are getting older? I feel it. I do. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Get started this morning. But before we pray, I want you to look at the person next to you. And I want you to tell them one thing before we pray. I want you to tell them you matter to God. Do that right now. You matter to God. Let's pray. Father God, as we come to you this morning, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us this morning to hear what we need to hear. That we would apply the things that we hear, that we would apply them to our lives. That we would be different when we walk out of here. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand before these people to share what God has laid upon my heart. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a true story that took place that happened in 1990. The Boston Globe gives the account of a most unusual wedding banquet. Accompanied by her fiancé, the woman went to the Hyatt Hotel in downtown Boston to order the food, the china, the silver, pointed to the pictures of the flower arrangements that they wanted. For you see, both the groom and the bride both had very expensive taste. The bill came to $13,000. It's quite a bit for 1990. So they left a check, half the amount for the down payment, and the couple went home and started working on the announcements. But the day that the announcements were supposed to hit the mailbox, guess what? The groom got cold feet. I'm just not sure, he said. You know, it's a big commitment. I need to think about it a little bit longer. 
And so the angry fiancé returned to the Hyatt to cancel the wedding reception. She was ticked off. Canceled the wedding. The event manager was very understanding for you see the same thing happened to her and told about her broken engagement that happened to her. But as far as the refund, the contract was binding. And they were entitled to only $1,300. And so the lady had two options. Forfeit the rest of the down payment or go ahead with the reception. Well, it seemed kind of crazy, but the jilted bride thought about it. And the more that she thought about it, she liked the idea of going ahead with the party. Not a wedding reception, but a big blowout. For you see, this very same lady, ten years before, was living in a homeless shelter. She was able to get back on her feet. She found a good job. And then she was able to set aside a sizable amount of money for this wedding. So she had this crazy idea, wild idea, that she was going to use the savings, the money for this wedding reception, and treat those less fortunate people in downtown Boston to a night on the town. So it was in June of 1990 at the Hyatt Hotel in downtown Boston. The Hyatt hosted a party that was never seen before. The hostess changed the menu to boneless chicken in honor of the groom. She sent out wedding she sent out invitations to the rescue missions and to the homeless shelters. And so that summer night, people who were used to peeling pizza off of cardboard boxes dined on chicken cordon bleu. The waiters in tuxedos served hors d'oeuvres to senior citizens that were propped up by crutches and walkers. Bag ladies and addicts took one night off from a hard life on the sidewalks and sipped champagne, ate chocolate cake, and danced to big band melodies till late in the night. We like to go to parties, don't we? Just a couple weeks ago, the Davernas, my family, had a big reunion here celebrating my mom and dad's 60th wedding anniversary. There's a picture I wanted to show you. That's my whole family. My brothers, my sisters, my mom and dad's in the middle celebrating my mom and dad's 60th wedding anniversary. It's pretty awesome. What's cool is um, next weekend, all of Tammy's family is going to be here from Florida, California, Georgia, 
17 people are coming into town to spend time with Tammy's mom. Because a lot of you may or may not know Tammy's mom is not doing very well. She's 91 years old. And so they're coming and we're going to celebrate her life and just have a time of reunion. We make a big deal out of parties. We do it during the Super Bowl. I love hosting Super Bowl parties at, at my house. Our small group gets together, don't we guys? And we host the Super Bowl, just getting together. Here in Michigan, we love the barbecue because we don't get to do that very long, right? At least not comfortably. <laughs> but one thing in Michigan that I noticed that you don't see anywhere else is open houses for graduates. I have been all over this country. I've lived in California. I've lived in Florida. I've lived all over. And nobody does open houses like they do here in Michigan. It's amazing. So we'd like parties. But you know what? When you think of a party, no one really associates parties to Christianity and in the Bible. And yet Jesus did. When he talked about the party that takes place in heaven, when somebody comes to Christ, a party takes place. It says that the angels in heaven rejoice. What an awesome sight that must be. He talks about the kingdom of heaven being like a king who holds a great feast. And in heaven, being like a wedding supper that takes place. The Bible is full of imageries concerning parties. Now I ask you, have you ever missed a party? Maybe you, were, you got late, you were late for some reason or another, or just didn't make it to the party. Well, in today's message, we're going to look at the lost son found in Luke chapter 15. If you want to look there on your phone, in your Bible, if you have one, we're going to look at the lost son. But today, we're going to focus on not the prodigal son, but we're going to focus on the older son. Because most people, when you hear a message about the prodigal son, in Luke chapter 15, it's always about the younger son. But the older son misses a party and there's a reason for it. Luke chapter 15. So here's the scenario. First of all, one day, the younger brother, he goes to his father and he says, Hey, I want the share of my estate. Now what is so bad about that is according to Jewish customs, the, old, the oldest son usually gets around two-thirds of the estate and the younger son gets one-third. And this would not usually take place until the father dies or until he decides to retire um, from managing the estate. So basically... What the younger son is doing here, he's saying to his father, I wish you were dead. Think about that. 
But an amazing thing happens. The father goes ahead and grants his son's request and off his son goes. The, old, the younger son, he wastes all of his inheritance, the Bible says, on wild living. And goes from the penthouse to the pig pen. Now for a Jewish boy, that is about as low as it gets living in a pig pen. Because pigs are considered unclean animals. So finally, the younger son, he comes to his senses. He realizes that his father's servants live better than he does. And so he says, I'm going to go home because I'm not worthy to be called my father's son. I'm going to be one of the servants. So a wandering, shivering boy returns home penniless. And when the father sees him in the distance, he runs to greet him. Think about this picture. I'm sure that the boy, he had rehearsed many times what he was going to say to his father. How he had messed up. But before he could even get his speech out, he's wrapped in his father's grace. The father is so happy to see his son he throws him a huge party. Inviting the whole town probably. What a great picture this is. Because the picture, the father in this story is a picture of our heavenly father. And his attitude towards us. When we have wandered off, when we've gotten away from God. When we finally come back to our senses... He has his arms wide open, just waiting for you and I to return back. But in the meantime, the older son stays home. He comes from the field working, wondering what's going on, refuses to join the party. Why? Because he's ticked off. He's mad about the whole situation. And so why did the older son miss the party? Luke chapter 15, verses number 22 to 24. Point number one on your outline, and there is no outline in your program, but if you want to write this down, you can write it down on the back. He did not understand his father's kindness. Point number one. He did not understand his father's kindness. The older son did not understand his father's kindness because he did not understand forgiveness. The older brother was not willing to forgive his younger brother. Recently, Tammy and I saw this Christian movie and it's called Seasons of Grey. And in this movie, it's about a modern-day story of Joseph. Brady Gray is the name of the younger son. He's the favorite son. But driven by jealousy, the older brothers, they beat him up. 
They take a cattle iron and they brand him. They beat him up so bad, they throw him in a cattle truck and told never to come back to his father's ranch. There's pain and suffering that goes on in Brady's life. But one day he finds success as a businessman. And now he must decide the fate of the men who wronged him. And I have a video clip that I want you to see about my point of understanding forgiveness. Take a look. What's he doing out here? I don't know. Brian. Mr. Reagan. I don't know what you were told, but we don't have to be out of here till the 22nd. 22nd? That's right. Is your father home? No, he's not. Well, it looks like you're Look, pretty much... Look, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm surprised to see you out here anyway, and we've got a lot of work to do, so... This really is a beautiful ranch. Yes, it is. Tough thing to be torn from it. You don't have any idea. What if all this is really for the best? I'm sorry? What if all those hard months, hard years, losing this place, were part of a road that found you somewhere you never would have gotten on your own? I don't know what you're talking about. What I mean, Ryan, is that even the things that hurt us, even our lowest moments, our most painful experiences, can sometimes turn out for the best. ways we can only drink. But here's the deal. Enough. Right? What is this? you need from me I'm happy to give to you Rick I'm so sorry I didn't know where you were I'm here I'm here I'm here because what you did to hurt me God used to save you and he hasn't wasted a single day for the last six years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Years ago, a friend told me that I needed to figure out whose hands I was going to put my life in, who I was going to trust, and at that crossroads, I knew what I needed to do. I knew whose hands I was in, and if it didn't define my choice, then what was the point? I didn't forgive them because it was easy. It wasn't. I did it because that's what God did for me. And at some point, if you believe you've been forgiven, you forgive. And if you know you've been loved, you love. <clears throat> Did you catch that at the end? It wasn't easy to forgive. But just as Brady was able to forgive his brothers in spite of what they did to him, God is willing to do for us. Is that amazing or what? We sent him to the cross, but God was willing to forgive us. And all you have to do is come to him. Just like in the story of the lost son. The father was willing to forgive his younger son because he was filled with love. But the older son couldn't see it. He thought he was getting a raw deal. He was bitter about what he saw as injustice. And my question to you this morning is, is are you missing God's party, the party that God has for us because of unforgiveness. He's waiting with open arms and all you have to do is ask. And I want to read this. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost but is now found. So the party began. So why did the older son not come to the party? Because he didn't understand his father's kindness. Write down point number two on your outline. He did not understand his father's transformation. In verse number 17 and 18, we talked about it. It says, the younger son, when he said, he finally came to his senses. He said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. 
And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned both against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. The older son missed the party because he did not understand his father's transformation. The older brother, he was too self-righteous. He was too angry that his younger brother was now getting all the attention. That his um, brother was going to get a special gift. He didn't want him to come home at this point. He had disgraced the family name. He had disgraced his father. The, other, the older brother did not understand his brother's transformation because he resented his brother. He didn't even love him. And he never considered that he was a changed man. In fact, in verses number 25 to 27, the older brother didn't even know that his younger brother had come home until one of the servants told him. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, what is going on? Your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed the fattened calf. We are now celebrating because of his safe return. It was pride that caused the older brother to miss the party. He had served his father all these years and never even disobeyed one of his orders. And yet he complains that he had never received a party honoring him with his friends for all his hard work. Look at verse number 29 and verse 30. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. And yet, when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. You notice the attitude? This is the same kind of attitude that the religious leaders of Jesus' day had. They thought that they, all the rules and regulations that they had proclaimed, that they had followed, many of which God never even demanded. In fact, it is said that the religious leaders of that day followed some 600 laws above the Ten Commandments. And yet it was their self-righteousness that kept them from heaven. They had the Father's love, but chose to reject that love in favor of their rituals, in favor of their hard work and self-denial. So I ask you this morning, what is keeping you from experiencing God's party? And lastly, point number three, if you want to write it down. He did not understand 
his own position. He did not understand his own position. Look at verses number um, 31 and 32. It says, His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now is found. Here's the scenario. We see that the father is now pleading with his angry son to come join the party. Everything I have is already yours. You've always been with me. We've had a great relationship. You still have your inheritance. Remember, the younger brother, he had squandered everything. He squandered all his wealth. He had gone through great suffering. And he finally comes, before he comes to his, his senses, the older brother still had all his privileges. The wild life that the younger brother sought had only brought him run. And he had to return home humbled with no inheritance and some very hard lessons to learn. The older son needed to get his perspective and be grateful that he did not have to go through all the pain and suffering his brother went through and to celebrate their brother's return. He wanted his older son to rejoice in the fact that they were getting their family back. And that this party was the right action to take. That this was going to be a joyful time in celebrating together with the family. But no, the older son was too angry. And guess what? He misses all the fun. He has not been shut out by his father about this party. He locks himself out because of anger, because of pride, unforgiveness, and self-centeredness. The father wants him to come in. He probably even saved him one of the best seats in the house. He probably even saved him the best plate of food. And all he had to do was come in. That's all he had to do. And you know what? God is offering the same kind of party for us. To the desperate sinner, the notorious outcast, to the difficult people in life, he's saving a seat, a plate for you and I. All we have to do is come in. 
I want to illustrate a point, and I'm going to ask Sean and my good buddy Doug, who's here today, one of my fishing buddies. The only thing I've said about fishing all day. Here we have some fishing line. And I'm going, uh, Doug and Sean are going to stretch this fishing line out. And over here on Sean's side is eternity. Okay? We can't measure eternity. But for the sake, for the sake of illustration, we're going to say that over there on Sean, over there by Sean is eternity. And over here on Doug, uh, over here by Doug where he's holding the fishing line, I want to make sure I don't run into it because take me out. This little clip right here, I got to find it. I can't see it. See, I'm getting old. That little, that clip right there represents your life. Right now, the average person, I'm going to stand up here. Right now, the average person lives to be around 78 Point seven years. Some of you may have already exceeded that. My mom and dad have. I told them last night I was going to give this illustration. And I told them you've already exceeded the max. I mean as far as the average I should say, not the max. That's a bit, little different. But this is your life over here. This is eternity. I want to ask you a question. In light of eternity... Over here, don't want to get close to the speaker, right? In light of eternity, is it worth missing God's party? The ultimate party that God has for us, for the pleasures of this world, for unforgiveness, for pride, for self-centeredness, anything that we allow in our lives to cause us to miss the most fantastic party that God has for us. Think about that. There's your life. Here's eternity. Is it worth it? Let's pray. I want to ask you a question. As we pray, I hope that you will not miss what God has for us. And I have a question. If you were to die today, and you were to stand before God Almighty, and God were to say to you, why should I let you into heaven? Do you know what you would say? For those of us that are believers, have we allowed things in our life to cause us to miss the joyful Christian life that God has in store for us? And we do. We miss it. We miss it because we allow the circumstances and the things in our lives to get in the way 
when I close in prayer, if I did not know the answer to that question, I would run to that back next step, your next step, to find out in light of eternity. I wouldn't waste a single moment. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to share what God has laid on my heart. I pray, Lord, that we would not miss the party, that we would not have the same attitude that the older son had towards his younger brother, that we would not allow the circumstances and the things of this world to cause us to miss the most biggest, best party that we were going to have when we face eternity. And so, Lord, as we sing this next song, is it well with your soul? Is it well? In Jesus' name, amen.